Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morningstar Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, my brothers. tell you they've been farting around on the wires out there and who the hell knows hopefully it's got to be something like that man because i can't drop the freaking bit rate any lower than this ah there's me talking so that's good that's always a positive all right we'll see how it goes see how it goes we've been uh (laughs) for all those who uh been watching uh we've been having issues with our internet in the area they are tearing the wires and everything off the poles and everything outside so it's been uh choppy at best but hopefully we don't lose you we're gonna go as far as we can and uh we apologize for the inconvenience but anyway hello and welcome to the freemasons podcast with your hosts right worship brother george mudry worship brother joe and worship brother ken and today we're going to take another stab at freemasonry and rosicrucianism mm. so uh but before we do that let's go through what we usually do the usual typical housekeeping Joey, go. All right, here we go. We'll start with the top. Uh, Matt Hartley. Grim Tidings. Bet that's not his real name. Hmm. Kenneth Starr. What's up, Ken Starr? Tyler Crossley. Wait, 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 wait. You mean like the prosecution for OJ case? Uh, just like that, only different. <laughs> right. There's actually a friend of mine from uh, from my town. All right. Uh, Tyler Crossley. Rob Rudzant. Zachary Taylor. Not to be confused with Zachary Taylor Thomas. Mike Cattermole. Michael T. Davis, Seth Curtis, Ishmael Talib Bubakar, right. Adam P. Huss, Josh McRae, John Doyle, M.J. Baker, David Nieves-Roman, Alan Smith Jr., Hassan Holloway, Kalen Swanson. Over on Instagram, new followers, Paranormality Magazine. Oh. Cool. Cool. Have to look that up. I'm not sure what that Ghost is. Ghost stories. Yeah. Mike Margetz, Josh Che Padreg. McCray, <laughs> Leandro, uh, Fra- Francisco Jr., uh, Uga Wabaju, Uga Buga, Wabajo. Got it, Kenny. Sound it out. Agwu Abujo, Maxwell Bright, uh, Tirik Obadiah Smith. Thank oh. you, brothers and friends. YouTube, Stephen Morgan, Adam Huss. And uh, somebody who says a cult talking about another cult when mm-hmm. we did our when we did our uh, Scientology one. So a cult talking about yeah, another cult. Whatever. Mind your business. Fucking trolls. Mind your business. What's Kenny? Number one. Yes, sir. You're late to the party. Yes, sir. Toast them. All right. 
Brethren, right hand to arms. Two arms. Ready. 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 Aim. Aim. Fire good fire, fire all. Together, brothers. Vivat, vivat, vivat. I dro almost dropped the cannon down upon my mouse here and... Oh, not yeah. exactly sure what I did. Kenny's Everything having, looks good, though. So Kevin, Kenny's having a rough day today, so he's yeah. going hard with the bullet over there. No, not hard. <laughs> you said sipping. Sipping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, we'll fill you in later about the uh, the whole whistling uh, thing, Ken. Yeah, sent, you're going to uh, have to because I have no idea what's going on. I sent Joe a video that was... Um, not suitable for work. Basically okay. a guy... NS, NSFW? Yeah. <laughs> Basically a guy walking down the stairs... Just got uh, out of the shower. Just got out of the shower. You hear the knock on the door. Mm. He slips Comes and falls. down the stairs, slips and falls, and the flute falls off the... Oh. It's actually a recorder. It's <laughs> just a recorder. Yeah. I think you guys were playing that video last yeah. time, but I didn't Multiple, actually see yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So now when the recorder tell lands... tell story from yesterday? It lands, and it goes... <laughs> <laughs> we're going to leave it at that. What story from yesterday? When I requested that video from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yes. Uh, I went to... My aunt uh, passed away... Um, around uh, january but yesterday we decided we were doing the memorial service and uh i'm with all my cousins i'm in the church and you know the priest is up there you're doing the whole fucking deal right are you speaking latin and all of a sudden i hear pocket i look down it's joe and he says uh hey can i have that video of that dude with the flute in his ass and here you are trying to be a child of God. Yes. <laughs> and then he turned into a child. And started, he burst out yeah. hysterically oh, laughing. I started hysterically yeah. laughing. At I'm a like, memorial service. Oh, if there's ever a chance that me and Joe are going to get struck by lightning in the same moment in oh, time, that was the day. <laughs> that does seem to be going on a lot. Um, you know, uh, we, we had a lot shit. of people, unfortunately, that passed away during the time of COVID. And there does seem to be, um, you know, now that things are kind of opening up a little bit. Um, a lot of memorial services and celebrations of life happening kind of after the fact. <laughs> we have one for a brother actually coming up soon too. Right. It's um, it's weird. It's a weird time to be alive, man. Yeah. The uh, it was it was pretty funny yesterday though. But anyway, I mean, yeah, it's funny as a funeral can be, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, she died of COVID, so I mean, so oh my God, that's off. Sorry, my, my poor aunt. But anyway, um, let's get into it. Rosicrucianism and Freemasonry. Mm -hmm. Many believe that Freemasonry derives from Rosicrucianism. It is wrong. Well, first we're going to break down what Rosicrucianism... Rosa, Rosicrucianism. Rosicrucianism is and uh, how it compares to Freemasonry. So, again, I'm taking this off of the website that never lies. Uh, Rosicru uh, excuse me, uh, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Hey, George. Yeah. What's Rosicrucianism? I don't know. We're going to find out. That was like your setup to just say, oh, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, I, was, yeah, I dropped the ball. I dropped the ball. We're really not good at broadcasting, are we? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> James Levaney says, a little choppy. Yeah, we've been having issues with it. We actually turned down the bit rates for the recording because, unfortunately, um, we have the internet issues going on outside. But uh, I know they're farting around with the wires. But Rosicrucianism is a spiritual and cultural movement that arose in Europe in the early 17th century after a publication of several texts that purportedly purported to announce the existence of a hither, hitherto unknown esoteric order to the world and made, made seeking its knowledge attractive to many. 
The, myster- the mysterious doctrine of the order is built on esoteric truths of the ancient past, which conceal from the average man, provide insight into nature and the physical universe and the spiritual realm. The manifestos do not elaborate extensively on the matter, but clearly combine references to Kabbalah, Hermeticism, alchemy, Christian mysticism. So basically what they did is they just kind of put them all into a religious esoteric shit sandwich and combined <laughs> it all. A mystery school shit mystery sandwich. Mystery school shit sandwich. We're going to go with the Rosicrucian manifestos heralded a universal reformation of mankind through a science allegedly kept secrets for decades until the intellectual climate may receive it. I'm down with that. Okay. Makes sense. Um, understand back in these times, everything was controlled by the Catholic church. Right. So, a lot of things were kept quiet, uh, including the world being round. Sorry, flat earthers. I hate to tell you that. Um, because the Catholic Church believed that the world was flat, remember? Right. They also believed the Way earth was the you know. center of the universe. That as well. So mm-hmm. these other scientists like, uh, was it Sir Isaac Newton, Bruno? What's the guy? The guy that got burned at stake. Bruno something. Galileo. 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 Yeah. Right. Galileo. Galileo Figaro. Magnifico. Hey, thanks for picking up on that. Kid. Oh my God! Somebody thanks, had uh, to. <laughs> I got the reference. And um, Warner Brothers has muted you. Yes, yes, they have. Um, Again. No, but what was the guy? Uh, Bruno was burned at the stake. He was a. Uh... Oh, I can't remember his. Oh, you know what yes, I'm I know you're talking about. You know, yeah. He was burned at the stake because yep. he he basically He's part of the Royal Society, I believe, as went well. against. The Catholic Church's belief that uh, the Earth was the center of the universe, and he tried talking about the galaxy, and they cooked his ass. Huh. Mm, it's one way to shut him up. Something like something that, like yeah. that. I don't, I don't, I'm not looking up that. I'm looking up this right now. Mm. Don't mock me, Kenny. I'm not mocking you. I'm just, um, I would help you out if I could remember. Controversies arose. Uh, I'm sorry. I would help you out if I could remember the names, but I yeah, I can't remember his name. I know it was Bruno something. Mars. If you're, uh, if you're watching live, uh, like, subscribe, click the little bell, and uh, help us out here. Um, again, uh, this us. perfect example of why Masons don't control everything, because I don't know everything. We can't even control our own friggin' Wi-Fi feed. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Although I did jack the bit you rate did. You down did to about 900 I knew I could count on you. Which is not great, but you know what? I did it during the stream, and now we're green. Awesome. Right. So you're great. Which is not good. It does mean that they're screwing something up outside. Yep. I hope they fix it. I hope so. You can't stop the signal, Ken. The signal is everywhere. <sighs> Everything goes somewhere. You children ready? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Controversies arose on whether they were a hoax, whether the Order of the Rosy Cross existed as described in the manifestos, and whether the whole thing was a metaphor disguising a movement that really existed, but in a different form. In 1616, Johann Valentin André, Famously designated it as Ludibrium. Ludibrium? Come on, Joe, help me out. Right there, blue word, highlighted. Blue word, highlighted. There's a bunch of them. Ludibrium. Ludibrium, thank you. You're welcome. Um, Some scholars of uh, esotericism suggest that the statement was later made by Andre in order to shield himself from the wrath of the religious and political institutions of the day, which were intolerant of free speech and the idea of a universal reformation in which the manifestos called for. Uh, let's see here. Let's get into... Uh, let's scroll down. You guys can look this up if you want. Um, 
let's get into what do you guys want to hear? You want to hear the origins? Or you want to hear the uh, enlightenment, Rosicrucian enlightenment? Talk about the origins first. Origins. All right, Roger that. If you could see if there's any correlation between their origins and uh, that of Freemason. <sighs> You bastard, you set me up. You know there's a bunch of Latin in this freaking one, aren't you? You're watching I have no idea. Just, <laughs> just I'll do my best Latin. Here I we can't go. help you there, man. I didn't study Latin. Uh, you know what, Devaney? Eat shit. Just say it with, phonics didn't work for George. Just say it with... Uh, say it with the emphasis, one. right? Yeah. Confidence. Um, confidence. confidence. Yeah. There we go. Old Master 357 says it's not the feed that's choppy. It's George's reading skills. <sighs> I know. I oh, know. Daniel Valdez. And who is Gio, Old Master? Gio Ordano, oh, that's bro. me. <laughs> <laughs> Giordano Bruno was that Giordano Bruno. Yeah, yeah, that's the name. Okay. Oh, Thank you, so Daniel Valdez. Not Mars, as I had thought. No. no. Um, origins between 1614 and 1617, which predates Freemasonry. Mm -hmm. Three anonymous manifestos were published first in Germany and later th uh, throughout Europe. These were the Fama Fraternitalis R.C. The Fame of the Brotherhood of R.C. 1614. The Confessio Fernitalitas. Oh, fucking hell. Fernitalitas. <laughs> I love this part. This is my favorite part. Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite yeah. part. The Confession of the Brotherhood so of R.C. R.C., of course, meaning Rosicrucians. Rosicrucianism. And the Shemenical Wedding of Christian Rosicrucianno, 1459. Anyway, the Fama Fernitalitas. Uh, presents the legend of a German doctor and mystic philosopher referred to as the Father Brother, or CRC. I have no idea what any of this means. Hmm. But, uh, the year 1378 is presented as being the birth year of our Christian father. 1378. Okay. It's a rando, right? It's a rando, 1378. It's not really. I went on in 1378. Yeah, I mean, that's one period of history that I really don't know too much about. Like it was after the Templars. It was definitely after, yeah, the Crusades. After the, the Templars, kind of, I don't know. It's floating in that area of where... The Dark Ages? No, Dark Ages were before that. They were from like uh, 800 to like 950 or something like that. Where's dark Ages was prior to that. Okay. Um, 1378, I, I really It's kind of a know. dark period before the Reformation and before the Enlightenment. Ah, uh, true, true. Fair, fair point. 1378, yeah. Anyway. I'll look it up. Um, after studying in the Middle East under various masters, possibly adhering to Sufism. Sufism? Sufism. Really? Yeah. Uh, um, he hmm. was unable to spread the knowledge he had acquired to prominent European scientists and philosophers. Uh, again, as we said, uh, the Muslims and their religion were the first to actually kind of get onto the whole scientist uh, stars and all that stuff well before yeah. the Christian yeah, uh, it was religion did. one of the first of the ancient cultures to get into that. Correct. Um, so it would make sense that he went there, studied it in the Middle East, and then brought it, tried to bring it back. And, of course, the church. Mm. You're a heathen. Yeah. Bad uh, time to be doing that. Yeah. Um, instead, he gathered a small circle of friends, disciples, and founded the Rosicrucian Order. Um, this can be deduced to have occurred around 1407. All right. During that guy's uh, Rosencruz, Rosencruz, he named it after his fucking self. Rosencruz. No. <laughs> now, look it. See? No, I know. Rosencruz. I know. You're right. Uh, I mean, you got to be one vain son of a bitch to name an order after yourself. Or maybe he was named after the 
Oh, then, then again, there yeah. is a, there is a, an order that that we we're kind of starting to make, and it's called Josephism. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Two rules. Vain bastard. Two rules. <laughs> Only two rules. Very easy to follow. All right. Uh, the order is said to comprise no more than eight members, each a doctor and a sworn bachelor. What? A doctor and a sworn bachelor. That's interesting. Each member undertook an oath to heal the sick without accepting payment. To <laughs> that's freaking lost. No, I mean there's there's plenty of groups that do that in modern day. You've got like Doctors Without Borders and stuff like that. I like I think yeah. I, I think they're probably paid somehow. Just but it's not like when I go for the doctor like not... for having like uh, you know I don't know sinus infection. Well, you have insurance. It's a different kind of paradigm. Or the thrombose hemorrhoid Robbery. that you were talking about. Thrombose robbery. Anyway, uh, yeah, I know. I got you. Fucking, all right, Joe. This is how we're going to do it? All right. Um, <laughs> but at any rate. Each member undertook an oath to heal the sick without accepting payment, to maintain a secret fellowship, and to find a replacement for himself before he died. That's noble, I think. Yeah. I'll go with it. Um, On paper. Three such generations had supposedly passed between 1500 and 1600, a time when scientific's philosophical and religious freedom had grown so that the public might benefit from the Rosicrucians' knowledge so that they were now seeking good men. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Ding, 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 ding. There. Good men who are willing to give of themselves without expecting anything in return. All right. And if only we could make them better. If only we can take good men and make them better. If only we could. Rosicrucian enlightenment. Let's get into this one. In early 17th century, the manifestos caused excitement throughout Europe by declaring the existence of a secret brotherhood of alchemists okay, and sages who were prepared to transform, and this is the 17th century now, uh, preparing to transform the arts and sciences, religious, political, and intellectual landscapes of Europe. Wars of politics and religion ravaged the continent. The works were then reissued several times, followed by numerous pamphlets. God help us. <laughs> he looked right at me. Um, favorable or otherwise, between 1614 and 1620, about 400 manuscripts and books were published when discussed the Roman, uh, which discussed the Rosicrucian documents. The peak of the Rosicrucian fervor was reached when two mysterious posters appeared on the walls in Paris in 1622 within a few days of each other. The first said, we, the deputies of the higher college of the Rose Croix, do make our stay visibly and invisibly, invisibly in this city. Uh, the second hmm. ended with the words, the thoughts attached to the real desire of the seeker will lead us to him and him to us. That's deep. That's fucking pretty cool. Pretty cool. Can you say lie. that one more time? Say that again. So the first one said, we, the deputies of the higher college of the Rose Croix, do make our stay visibly and invisibly in this city. Okay. And then the second one said, the thoughts attached to the real desire of the seeker will lead us to him and him to us. Oh. So that sounds like a really complicated way to like uh, go have a physical. <laughs> Right, because it's like you're you're staring at that. So it's well, like, what, what year is this? It's like late 1700s. Oh, uh, 1622. Right? Oh, 1622. Okay, yeah. so I'm a I'm a, a, a random surf in London in 1622, and I'm staring at this thing on the wall, and I'm like, man, I just want to 
get my tonsils out. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do I do? So, um... Well, there's a good chance you probably wouldn't have even been able to, to read it as some random surf. So by putting yeah, up the poster, you're almost uh, recruiting a, a higher caliber of man, of one that could actually read. Oh, that was a recruiting poster. Well, I thought that was I like to get patients for their... Well, but it's if you're getting that message out um, with the whole... Yeah. Basically we'll cause him to seek us and us to seek him yeah. kind of thing. We're here We're here in the I city. Got you, Joe. I got you, Joe Schultz. I got it kind of sounds like, uh, you know, you need to come knock on our door. Come and knock on our Joel door. Joel Schultz says, uh, George is reading that book like a champ. Is it a picture book? No, it's just really big print. Yeah. There's a pronunciation guide. So kind of what I'm gathering of these of, of this group is, well, that was definitely a, a, a cloaked in allegory recruitment fo- pictures. That's what I picked up on that. That's so, kind of what I'm kind of taking yeah. from. So he's basically saying, the first one says, we the deputies of the Higher College of the Rose Corps do make our stay visibly and invisibly in the city. In other words, we're here. We're here right. and we're and right here. You may see us, you, you may, may not. Us. Right. Yep. And then the second one says, the thoughts attached to the real desire of the seeker. So if somebody reads this thing and they're like, oh, I want to join. They're going to seek out the Rose Corps. Right. Or the Rosicrucians, and the Rosicrucians in turn will seek out them. And we're so, which know means to me worthy. that while they had these these uh, posters up, there was probably somebody watching to see who's reading them. Hey, well, and there's these point. some are visible and some are invisible. Right. There was probably somebody scouting yeah. saying, "Oh, that guy just stopped. That yeah. guy just stopped." And they're you know marking down, or maybe they pass by him or doing some real ask a know, weird question or something secretive kind of shit. Of, hey, yeah. what did you think about that poster, man? That was pretty mm. weird. Oh, I love it. I would love. I would love to meet him. Bam, there you go. Yeah, and I think by having something that mm. you had some... to read and and think through, you're already attracting us. You're weeding out yeah. some perhaps undesirables and attracting mm. a higher status gentleman, mm. um, not unlike Freemasonry. Exactly. Yeah. That's that pretty cool. A, we a, Freemasonry should do that shit. Sounds we'll a little a like to be one, ask one. Yeah, like similar. Cause the 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 seeker to find us. That's clever. I like yeah, that. I like it. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit more here because again, you guys can. Are go there back symbols the on the poster? Somebody had asked if there were any symbols. So on I the don't poster. know. It doesn't say that they have them, but there's. If you go on Wikipedia, you can see there are some definitely publications. They show you the Rose Cross. Um, and they show you a 17th century depiction of the Rosicrucian concept of the tree of Pansophia, which eerily looks to me like Kabbalah. Oh, it's, it looks exactly like mm-hmm. the tree of life from Kabbalah. Not right. exactly, but very reminiscent Damn close. Of, very reminiscent of. Right. So uh, we're going to fast forward here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move up to uh, the Rose Cross degrees in Freemasonry. According to Jean-Pierre Bayard... The guy downstairs? Yeah. <laughs> Jean-Pierre? What is it with you and the drunk guy downstairs? It's fascinating. Oh, my God. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He walks down the street munching his freaking cheeseburger, food falling out of his face as he walks by. Man, he's hungry. I'm trying to freaking get he's to hustling. my car. I got my OC spray in my hand, and Joe's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> He's a hey, nice the man. The guy Ugh. eats his food while taking a bus to take a train to get to work every day. Yeah. Then how does he Give get so that. smashed in the process? That's what he does with a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, far be it for All me right. to tell a man how to spend his own money. Uh, it's not our business. Rule number two. Rule. Were you here the day, though? I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. Were you here the day we were all outside? That meeting? 
when the drunk guy comes across the street and he had his hands in the air, coming over to Perry. He's like, oh, I don't no, want I, trouble. No, we have a couple stories. We collectively stuck our hands in our pocket. Yeah, <laughs> we have a story like that from Harmony as well, but I'm not going to get into the specifics. Right. But yeah, it, it happens. You got a bunch of guys standing yeah, around you can't in tuxedos, and it's like somebody randomly but if, I'm sorry. Cost you. I, I'm granted. I get the guy was inebriated. He was freaking drunk. Sorry, I know we're getting off topic here, but this is the this is the shit I live for. Apparently, it's, it's important. To it's important. It's important to me. Yeah. Uh, public service announcement. Okay. Oh boy. If you're gonna walk up to somebody, all right, to go talk to them, the opinions expressed on this podcast are those of George Montre, not necessarily those of Ken Tarwood and Joe Zanino, <laughs> or any grand lodge. Well, I think you guys, Masons. I think you guys would agree with this. Don't be a guy who's drunk as shit. And I get it; he was inebriated. But don't walk across the street, heading in our general direction, with your hands in the air and say, "I don't want any trouble," as you're walking to one of the Masons. That's yeah, generally not a good first impression. Talk about somebody put on high alert. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we had somebody come up and say, I'm not trying to rob you. But <laughs> like, that was the opening. I'm like, okay, because it's kind of. You just don't lead with that. When you say that, yeah, exactly. It's I don't know. Maybe open. he's nervous. He wants to just like clear his intentions. How about, how about good okay. evening, gentlemen? Hey, how you like, doing? Oh, hey, how's it going? How you doing? No, I'm how's not trying going? to rob you. Oh, I'll okay. even take a sup at that point. Sup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, something. Or hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Do you have a moment to talk about your... <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, too. That's fine, too. Just don't say you're I don't not care. trying to rob me. Yeah, don't... I feel like it's reverse psychology at that point. Just don't like, come oh, up and say, I don't want any trouble. To me, that means you're coming to look for trouble, and you have your hands in the air, which is kind of weird. I don't know. Just saying. Well, at least they're not hidden. Yeah, if they go in the pockets, that would be a little bit I think that's a good a move. I think Same. that's when you're walking up a, a crowd of hooligans... Um, such as the members of Morningstar Lodge yeah, Forty Seven, bunch hooligans. of guys in tuxedos, bunch of hooligans in the lodge tuxedos. smoking cigars. That yeah. doesn't seem uh, like a bunch of hooligans to me. Anyway, let's get yeah, back into this. Yeah, sorry, we, sorry we sidetracked there. Um, so, uh, two Rosicrucian-inspired Masonic rites emerged toward the end of the 18th century. The rectified Scottish rite, widespread in Central Europe, where there was strong presence of the golden and rosy cross. Uh, in the ancient and accepted Scottish Rite first practice in France, which to 18th degree is called Night of the Rose Claw, which it still is. Yes, it is. And it is a fantastic a degree. degree. It is awesome. I even have a nice little lapel pin from that that uh, yeah. um, illustrious brother Jack Farkas gave me from that. It's a nice little white cross with a little hmm. rose. got to stop mentioning his name. He's going to be like, I heard you on the podcast. You know you fuckers got a part in the next one, right? <laughs> <laughs> he'll find, trust me, he'll find this regard. He gave you a lapel pin. You kind of owe him. I, I know. I've done my share. <clears throat> the change to from operative to speculative masonry uh, occurred between the end of the 16th and the beginning of the 18th century. We know this. Um, two of the earliest speculative masons from whom a re record of initiation exists were Sir Robert Moray and Elias Ashmole. Oh, Elias, Elias Ashmole. Elias Ashmole, yeah. Elias Ashmole. Mm -hmm. He's, there's actually a group called the Elias be National Society. I think I mentioned yeah, this in like previous a, podcast. Yeah, they're like a lodge research kind yeah, of thing, right? It's, uh, yeah, it's an organization within a lodge, but I think uh, Willis St. John's in West Hartford. Is this a case where you can be a national? Yes. You can yeah. be a national. They study, like, right. they, they do sure. talks on uh, esoteric Freemasonry and stuff, and you can engage them and have them come to your lodge and do, like, a Masonic education night on esotericism. It's kind of, it's neat. Yeah, it is very, very cool. So uh, that's pretty much where it started into um, Freemasonry. Um, 
it was it was somebody who so I guess you could say that you know Rosicrucianism did blend into Freemasonry. I don't think Freemasonry derived from Rosicrucianism. I my personal feelings on this, and then I'm going to go over to the Grand Lodge of the British Columbia in Yukon. Oh, I love those. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a great site. Here. Love this site. We should have somebody from there on the show. We yeah, most certainly really. should. Um, but uh, I, I personally feel, and the way I feel about this is, you know, I you know everybody says, oh, you know, you know Freemasonry, you know. This this is where uh, how do I put this? Like Freemasonry derived from the Rosicrucians. Freemasonry derived from the Knights nice Templar. Yeah. Freemasonry derived from. I don't believe any of that shit. No. What I actually think it's the contrary. I think a lot of these orders, which were in deep shit by the Catholic Church, blended into Freemasonry because realistically, at the time Freemasonry was not speculative when it first started off. It was operative, and who did the church? need to build the freaking churches and cathedrals exactly. so they American couldn't just get rid of the stonemason guilds right. because shit they needed them you know i'm sorry you're not gonna see father cavitas out there freaking ting 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 you know that's just not gonna happen you know they hired stonemason guilds or the ancient stonemasons where freemasonry derived from mm-hmm. and i feel like a lot of these orders and again, I'm, I'm a maybe big pro- maybe took in some people that took were in some people to keep them protected. Or, yeah. in well, which if you're going to hit your wagon to a, an organization that's that's strong and not going to go anywhere and international. Yes, that right. would be the so one. Yeah. That would be. A good and on top of that, you know, I'm sure the stone guilds at the time were all for it because, you know, these organizations had knowledge of things. Yeah. Or different thoughts about themselves you follow yeah. you know you get perfect examples the cathedral of notre dame look at all of the esoteric shit in the side of that freaking cathedral yeah right. and to keep those types of like an organization like that going you need to have inroads into new territories right so right. i think so yeah, right. it kind of makes sense rosalind chapel look at the, all the encoding in that building yeah and yep. people to this day we don't know what the hell half of it means mm-hmm. but it was encoded for future generations to figure out and i personally feel that that's what they were up to. They encoded a lot of shit in all those churches. And it was literally right underneath the Catholic Church's nose. And of course, you know, the priest walks up and goes, oh my God, that's beautiful. That's so cool. He he reads his own He reads his own symbolism into it, but realistically, and that's where I think the original secrets of Freemasonry is. It could be. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I agree with you, though. I don't think Freemasonry as an organization was derived from any of these other outside organizations derived from operative masonry and there was influenced i'm sure right I, by I, the fall of the templars and the fall of rosicrucianism and the fall of these ancient mystery traditions and you but know, i think that's where we get all of our alchemists right. I, I think that's where we get all of our mysticism and and allegory and our symbolism i think yeah. it all derives from different organi- alchemists yeah like you were saying it wouldn't those. it wouldn't surprise me because we're traditionally a very inclusive kind of organization right so i would imagine that probably goes back to our ancient roots and it wouldn't surprise me if some of these groups that were being oppressed or you know mm. repressed in one way or another by the 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 government or a religious organization of the time would you know Seek um Daniel Valdez says Freemason uh FMP road trip to Scotland. Yeah. yeah I would love yeah, to do would that. Do, yeah. I wouldn't get out of the pub. Of course not. Um yeah, I would I would visit every cathedral there. No, but if sure. you look at it, so in essence Rosicrucianism is esoteric Christianity. Uh-huh. To you know, to to boil it down to something simple. Right. And you've got the Kabbalah, which is esoteric Judaism. And you right. have Freemasonry, 
at least the esoteric side that really gets into um, the ancient mysteries. So I think they're like you said, Ken. I think they're all not necessarily influenced by each other, but hey, if you have a certain point of view and you find something similar, obviously there's strength in numbers. Yep. So let's get together and maybe your perspective or teachings of an ancient mystery might fill in the missing pieces to what mine might be leaving out. Mm -hmm. And then maybe the ancient mysteries aren't so mysterious anymore. Late 16 and early 1700s, there was a lot of that kind of stuff floating around. Yeah. Absolutely. You could theoretically join a Masonic Lodge with a lot, you know, less trouble than um, talking about what you know to your fellow you know, folks in your congregation or something like that. Right. So it doesn't surprise me. All right, let's get into the Freemasonry uh, .bcy.ca, which is the Grand Lodge of British Columbia and Yukon on Rosicrucianism. And this little piece was done by uh, Percy Jantz, um, February 4th, 2020. I love in those movies. Uh, excuse me, uh, not 2020, 2002. Um, many people have sought a connection between Freemasonry and Rosicrucianism. Some claim incorrectly, and that was made very clear, incorrectly, that Freemasonry came from Rosicrucianism. There are enough similarities between them to make the history of Rosicrucianism Rosicrucianism of interest to Freemasons. The birth of the Rosicrucianism is almost universally attributed to Johann Valentin Andrea, a German monk. He was known for his charity and his attempts to promote the betterment of mankind through study and learning. Scholars believe it was he, in 1614, who published you know, the, the, the things we were talking about, Fama Fraternitalis Rose Qua. In this book, Christian, in this book, Christian Rosenkrantz is born to a... Oh, so, okay, all right, all right. So Rosenkrantz wasn't a real guy. He was like their Hiram Abiff, kind of? Yeah, because he says in this book, so he wrote, this guy, this German monk, Johann, wrote the book, uh, Fama Fertile, uh, I'm not going to sing it again. Fertile Alice. I know what it means. Abbreviating. Um, uh, He wrote this book, and in the book, Christian Rosenkrantz uh, is born to a poor but good family. So it's, I guess it's a form of fiction? Yeah. Okay. Um, Religious fiction. At a young age, he joined the monastery, and at some stage, he is allowed to accompany an old monk on a pilgrimage to the Holy Sepulchre. The monk dies in Cyprus, and Christian goes on alone. In Damascus, he is amazed by the wonders of the city sages and the places himself under their direction. After three years of studying their hidden mysteries, he goes to Egypt to further study. Then, Hmm. at the direction of his Arabian masters, he travels to Fez. Uh, where there is an annual meeting of the African and Arabian philosophers to compare notes on their studies and travels. After several more years, he goes to Spain, but getting a poor reception, he returns back to his native Germany. There, Rosenkrantz advocates for the Reformation and morals and science, but met with little sympathy, so he decided to start his own society. He gathered three companions from his old monastery, swore them to secrecy, passing all of his knowledge on to them, and is transcribed. They built a temple called the Temple of the Holy Ghost. Okay. Hmm. Uh, They then increased their numbers to eight, and after all were fully instructed into the mysteries of science and nature, they agreed to separate. Two would stay with the Father Rosenkrantz, 
Uh, the others would travel to preserve learning, but would return every year to communicate the results to their study. Then they would depart again, uh, this time with two different members of the order staying behind. The rules of the order, here we go, they were that they would devote themselves to nothing else than free practice of physic. Free practice of physic, what does that mean? P-H-Y-S-I-C. Or is that psych? No. No, that would be That's P-S-Y. That's physics. Maybe it's supposed okay. to be physics. Physics, I'm assuming. Mm, maybe yeah. it's a typo. Mm-hmm. All right. That they were to wear no special clothing, but rather to adopt the customs of the land they were in. Oh, so they couldn't stand out. No Funkmaster Flash shit okay. going on. Okay. Well, I mean, that's kind of compelling, I think. Right. Because, I mean, he's a fictional, well, yeah, he's a fictional character that moved from place to place, kind of the early Renaissance man. Mm-hmm. You know, taking from all these different cultural traditions, that would kind of make sense that the rules of the order are to blend in and kind right. of. You know, well, I mean, think about it. You know, you don't want this guy to just show up and be like, "I'm here, bitches!" Like, and yeah, teach native, me, yeah, teach me your no, way. No, no, he's saying no. What he's saying is they're supposed to go there and teach others. I right. guess, right? Blend in, right? It's got to be a dialogue. It's but not. if you don't blend in, you kind of stick out like a sore thumb, and uh, you know the yeah. people in that native so area. So it's not like a traditional missionary kind of thing where you're right. going in and you're, you know, right, dropping knowledge bombs on people. It's a it's a give and take. It's Most a, people would be like, dialogue. get the fuck out. <laughs> right, yeah, especially if you're dressed differently. Go away. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, they, uh, that each one was to present themselves at the temple of the Holy Ghost in a particular day of the year or send an excuse for, th- his, a- uh, for his absence. Excuse me, it's a blended word. So uh, basically he had to go Seems once like a, a year to this uh, temple of the Holy Ghost on a particular day of the year or send an excuse on why you couldn't be there. Sounds like a summons almost. Yep. It's, yeah, okay. It's almost like our Grand Lodge sessions. Well, um, no, I mean, like, it's like... It, that harkens to Freemasonry to the, right. you know, if a master summons you or a grandmaster summons you, Get your ass there. you're either there or you have a really damn good reason right. for him to excuse you. Four, that each was to look for a brother to succeed him on his death. Uh, five, that the letters wrote RC, excuse me, that the letters RC were to be their seal, watchword and title. Okay. Hmm. Harkens back to the uh, Georgia Guidestones a little bit, huh? R.C. Christian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Whole. Whoo. Actually, it does. The, the name was Christian, though. Wasn't that the first name of the... Christian Rosencruz. Right. R.C. Christian. The person that... But R.C. I think also... you just made a breakthrough, Worshipful Brother Joe. Get Walter on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It usually only happens when I have Taco Bell, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> All right. So if you haven't heard the Guidestones episode, go back. Holy shit. That just brought yeah, it all back good, around. Good call. Uh, that the Brotherhood was to be kept secret for 100 years. When 100 years old, Christian Rosenkrunz died. His burial place was known to only the two brothers that were with him at the time, and they took the secret to them with their grave. Weird. The society continued always eight in number for a further 120 years. There was a tradition in the Brotherhood that after 120 years, Father Rosenkrunz's grave was to be discovered, and the Brotherhood no longer kept a secret. Hmm. All right. The Temple of the Holy... 
you know where I'm going with this? No. Not yet. Hire him. Oh, yeah. Similar. Okay. Different. There's some similarities in the in the stories there. It's a central character who Right. Central character dies. Uh a they had to discover the grave. Fictional martyr. Yeah. They had to discover the grave. Took some time for him to go back. Yeah. Well, I'm picking then, up a little okay. bit. And then there's right. um that I can't really say it on air, but there's a particular part of uh the tragedy where what you, you you said something about the the grave being discovered at a later date, right? Uh, 120 years later. Yeah, so That's that kind of reminds me of a particular part of the, the tragedy at the end where, you know, something's substituted until... Right, until the time. Until yeah. somebody finds something. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely yeah. picking up on that, that a little bit. Yep. Uh, yeah. The Temple of the Holy Ghost was being altered, and when a brass plate was removed from the wall, a door was revealed bearing the inscription, after 120 years, I will be opened. Inside was wow. a vault of seven sides. Inside the vault of seven this sides. make a hell of a movie. Seven sides. Yeah, right. Ah, yeah. Get Dan Brown on the phone. Each five feet long I don't think he's taking our feet. calls. <laughs> <laughs> he's a brother. Raph. Get out of here. Yeah. He's a brother? Dan, Dan Brown's Brown? a brother. After he wrote the lost symbol, he took the degrees. No way. I swear I to God. He's a brother. That. Yes, he is. Huh. Um, cool. Inside was a vault. Inside was a vault of seven sides, each five long and eight feet high. The ceiling was arched, and the room lit by an artificial sun at the center. While in the middle of the floor was an altar bearing the inscription, "When living, I made this compact copy of the universe my grave." Ooh, what? In the center were four figures with the words one. By no means void. Two, the yoke of the law. Three, the liberty of the gospel. Four, the unsullied glory of God. Oof. Wow. The seven walls were each divided into ten squares with figures and sentences to be explained to the initiates. They also each contained a door leading to closets, which contained all manners of wonders from the history of the brotherhood to encyclopedia from the life of the founder to the curious mirrors and burning lamps of instructions on how to build up the order and how it would eventually fall into decay. That's kind of cool. That's freaking I wonder if those instructions shit. were similar in any way to the instructions given on the Georgia Guidestones. Ah, how to rebuild society. Exactly. For example. Hmm. Right. Just curious. There might be some There's links there, man. I think you're right. Well, you're on point interesting, today. Yeah. I clenched earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do the Murph this morning? Again, Taco Bell. No, Murph is tomorrow. Oh, Murph is tomorrow. Murph is tomorrow okay. morning. Good luck. I had to prep plus. for it. Thank you. That's going to be a rough one. It All will right. be a rough one. Pushing aside the altar, they found the body of Rosenkrantz, freshly preserved with a volume under his arm. Freshly preserved? Ooh. How do you freshly preserve a body? Well, uh, then again, they did. It the would Lenin. be like two hundred years old at that point, wouldn't it? Might have yeah. been hermetically sealed. Oh, see what I did there? Oh, see what I did? Oh, oh you yeah. are on point today. Look at you! Oh, holy crap! Fucking show off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with a with a volume under his arm. What volume? Like a book of law? A Probably book of a whatever. Sacred, right. sacred law. Yeah. Um, this then was the story attributed to Andrea. It was intended to be. A suggestion to the this is like got some like um like Assassin's Creed shit 
Yeah, a little bit. Right? Yeah. That's probably where they got, yeah. you know, they take <laughs> things from yeah. yeah I'm sure they stole kinda. that. Uh, well, it says it right in the opening credits of the game that this is purely fictional, but have been taken from history. So. Yeah. We stole it from the Freemasons and Rosicrucians. Yeah. Um, it was intended to be a suggestion that to the learned to promote philanthropy to better mankind through answering the questions posed. It was misunderstood then and has been since. Everywhere this uh, his fable was accepted as fact. People searched for the temple of the Holy Ghost. Letters appeared continuously addressed to the, or- to the order seeking admission. None were answered. Hmm. The Brotherhood was earnestly attacked and vigorously defended in books and pamphlets. But no one ever heard of this, never heard from the order itself. Eventually, some, having sought vainly for the invisible society, resolved to form their own, and hence there appeared by 1622 the alchemist group in The Hague, Called themselves the Rosicrucians. Okay, yeah, so fake, fake okay. society. So. Okay. so, so, so basically, copycats. Copycats. So that's kind of what we are now. Well, what not? Kind of like are. the new Illuminati versus the Bavarian Illuminati. Right. Yeah. Somebody right, right, took right, right. the idea and bastardized it and called yes. it their own and Same. started requesting vulture piss from people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I totally but, forgot about the vulture piss. Yeah, my vulture <laughs> piss is still in the middle. But here's the thing to, to think about. And, you know, it's, uh, everything is allegory, and, and sometimes things don't always appear to be what they seem. Uh, perhaps the temple of the Holy Ghost is not a not a brick-and-mortar type construction, but one of bone and flesh. One of the mind. How about that? How you like them apples? <sighs> here's my thing, each person. I'm going to take the other way. Okay. This was a freaking science fiction book. It was a goddamn Wait, Dan what? Brown book that somebody took and were like, "There's got to be this real order." It, it was a it was a nonfiction. It was excuse me. It was a fiction book. It's more believable. Than well, Dianetics. here's the thing. If back then, <laughs> if somebody takes something that's a fictional account and makes it real, then it's a real society. It's and the Thetans. Yeah, and there's precedent. I was gonna say I wasn't gonna go Scientology, but yeah, there's precedent for doing that for like looking at something oh. that's obviously fictional in making a group making a philosophy around it oh yeah oh that's that's it's been happened done throughout history yeah. absolutely right. so so Doesn't that's kind of what i'm getting is that this was a book that you know this guy johan wrote people took it as it being a literal there is a literal rosicrucian group so then in around 1622 you see people making an actual literal Right. Rosicrucian group, and that's right. what has prevailed through time. There you right. go. That's uh, how it okay. works. Or it was truth embedded in fiction so that it was hidden. It was there the whole time. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. realistically, all the time. if you're going to hide your group, that's the best way to do it. Put it in plain sight. Put yeah. another group in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or say that, hey, this was all just a science fiction novel, guys. Yeah. Even though it hey was man, this is just charity. Thing. We just do pancake breakfast, man. Yeah, we're not taking over the world. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Satan, no wonder why people think of us the way that they do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's we're a little right. hypocritical, aren't right. we? Because of us. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> the let's see where do I leave off? Uh, oh, the doctrine soon found its way to Britain around 1625, and the publications be 
began to appear. Common symbols resulted in scholars then and since trying to find a common origin between Rosicrucian and Freemasonry, but this is not so. The Rosicrucians were theophysists? Theophysists. Theophysists. Religious men whose doctrines were of spirits, the elements, and number of heavenly bodies and their influence of men. Freemasons were founded by builders whose symbols applied in architecture and were of Christian character. Yeah, but go back. Read what you said before the Freemasonry part. The sentence before that, please. Yes. Um, it says the Rosicrucians were theo. Say it again, Ken. Uh, theophysists. Theophysists. Religious men whose doctrines were of spirits, of the elements, of numbers, and heavy heavenly bodies and their influence on men. Right. So religious uh, philosophers. Re- religious yes, philosophers. But, but as you're saying that, um, you know, study of numbers, I'm, I'm thinking mm-hmm. like middle chamber lecture where yeah. we talked about the seven liberal arts and sciences two of which have to do with numbers and one that has to do with heavenly bodies. Well, yeah. again, we also talked about how the Rosicrucians probably blended into Freemasonry yeah. in so the future. Like, yeah. And we picked up some of their Yeah, stuff. I'm, just, I'm just drawing some similarities, not saying yeah, yeah. one originated yeah. from the other, but there's some... Which also... It's been that they picked a concept from here or there. I just thought it was... Somebody yeah. who, you know... I just thought it was interesting that they're saying, well, they're different because this one does this and this one does that, where... Things that they said the first right. that Rosicrucians did. Well, I mean, yeah. we're it, talking. It's found its way into ritual, whether it was there before or after or whatever. It's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or whether it's in the it was middle chamber. whether it was an homage or whether it was derived from it. Right. Sometimes. Well, here we go. Ready. In 1668 to 1743, uh, Chevalier Michael Ramsey is cre- uh, credited with starting the higher degrees. His were de- uh, designed to support the connection of the Crusades and the Templars, but Rosicrucian or Hermetic philosophy crept in. So there you go. See, hermetically mm-hmm. sealed. Mm-hmm. So this also leads me to believe that there, at this time, wasn't a fellowcraft degree. There might not have been. And it was later added to add in all Some of, of the Rosicrucians right. and Hermeticism and all this later so that their lessons were also taught in the degrees of masonry. right it's like an amalgamation of that and that kind of gets to my point earlier where you know freemasonry may not have its origins in these certain ancient mysteries but Mm -hmm. they're definitely kind of taking the best of each one and bringing it into their their philosophy and say hey i think they got this right let's bring it in yeah i mean i think they got this part oh like maybe the rosicrucians brought in you know, the science of computing numbers, and I'll leave it at that yeah. as far as, you know, getting into the, the middle chamber. Well, there's Kabbalah. It, there's all kinds of, yeah. like, numerology going back into the ancient, ancient so religions. So it's like taking but, some of these yeah. concepts, we'll call them, just for sim- to keep it simple, and, mm-hmm. hey, we're, we like that concept. Let's bring that in. Hey, this makes sense and seems to answer this. Let's bring that in. Mm-hmm. And then you end up with... You know, when you talk about the seven liberal arts and sciences, there may be things that specifically were taken from those other fields of ancient mysteries. And if we're going to be inclusive of all the ancient religions, then we might as well borrow aspects of each one of them. We need to deep dive into this, boys, because I'm I'm seeing more and more evidence that there wasn't a fellow craft degree and it was added later. I would love to know what the original degrees were, uh, 1717. 
I've got to get back into uh, guest of the show, Jamie Paul Lambs, the uh, Middle Chamber book that he wrote. Mm-hmm. I have to get back into that one and, and finish that one up because I'm sure there's some, uh, perhaps some answers or I, at least maybe more questions yeah, from that. We're going to have to be scholars, gentlemen. <sighs> An archaeologist that digs through the yeah, shit to find Not out. our strong suit. <laughs> Um, so anyway, let's move on here. This is pretty much at the end, and then we're pretty much at the end of the show. So, But uh, at 1758, there were over 50 degrees with titles like Hermetic Knight, Hermetic Rite, Philosophic Kabbalist, Rite of the Philanthes. But it's of interesting these, Kabbalist. Yeah. But of mm. these are now laid aside, but the modern 28th degree in Scottish Rite, the Knight of the Sun, is the... Con, uh, is the condensation? Condensation. Condensation. Condensation of the Rosicrucian doctrines. Okay, so I don't know. Have I seen that one? Fuck, I don't know. Twenty eighth degree. There's your yeah, there's but, your but sometimes there uh, the twenty eighth degree in southern jurisdiction might be called something different than the northern Masonic jurisdiction. Fair point. Uh, let me just double, I'll fact check that while you're going. The modern 18th degree of Scottish Rite, that of the Rose Croix, is not hermetic. And that is absolutely true. It is not hermetic. It's got nothing to do with Rosicrucianism. It was actually, uh, well, we don't got to get deep into it. But it stems from the Christian doctrine alluding to the blood of Christ being shed on the cross. Bingo. So it's. That yeah. is 100%. One thousand percent right there, uh, you freaking haters and you trolls that say we're all freaking evil and we do, we believe in Satan. It refers to the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Thank you. Good night. Twenty eighth degree Northern Masonic jurisdiction is the night of the sun or Prince Adept. Mm. Hmm. So they're the same or different? Um, uh, same. Same. Okay. Good. Uh, so if you want to check that out, join Scottish Rite, 28th degree. I might Let do us that. Know. I think I I've seen it, but God, that. I've seen it freaking moons ago. Probably like 2007 or eight, nine. But anyway. It's, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. So, uh, This leaves the origin of the word Rosicrucian and the beliefs of the order, and that is convoluted enough to, to be left for another day. Um, so basically... Because of the naming of that particular degree, that's what got everybody behind the whole Freemasonry was derived from Rosicrucianism thing. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I'm gathering. There. Um, I should really join Scottish Rite. You should. You should. I'll get there at some point. Uh, a lot of good lessons in the Scottish Rite. But oh, no doubt. So uh, what I'm picking up from this and the way I'm kind of going to wrap this all up uh in my head anyway, and then I'll let you guys you know, do your do your thing and give us your assessment. But my assessment of it is is that there this was a nonfiction or excuse me, I keep saying nonfiction a fiction book. This mm-hmm. was a book of fiction written by this um Johan guy who wrote this whole Johan guy. This Johan guy. Um he wrote this whole story about a, a guy named uh Christian, Christian Rosencruz. Um, who went through all these degrees and everything, it probably caught on like fucking fire, especially back in those days when everybody was all about the mysticism and mm-hmm. the, the stuff that the church wasn't telling us. Yep. It caught on like fire. People read it, and uh, they were looking to find out if there really was such an order. 
and which somebody came along, grabbed it, just created an order, and was like, (laughs) and now they picked up on the symbolism of the things that were taught in the book, and they absolutely Mm -hmm. used it toward it. And you have a now real Rosicrucian order in 1622 that's based on what was originally written in that book, and what ended up happening was, I bet you at some point the Catholic Church tried... uh, putting a swift end to that washing it and uh they ended up blending into freemasonry along with many other organizations that blended into freemasonry freemasonry took them in open arms because again it was an order in itself safe haven right safe haven and and again if they're going to take the knowledge that's what masons do we're after knowledge all the time right yep we'll let you in we'll let you in let us know what you have and i believe that at this point there was no fellow craft degree and in later times after the teachings they created the fellow craft degree, and your fellow craft degree is where all of your stuff may be. Might be. All right, I'm leaving. See you guys later. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Joe, you're up. No, I think there's uh, there's definitely some influences or sharing of knowledge between the two. There's uh, too many similarities to say that it's accidental. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is definitely uh, an exchange of ideas at the very least. Um, so definitely some connections there. Not, uh, I don't feel that Freemasonry originated from Rosicrucianism, but, uh, I think they're all after the same goal and objective. And, mm-hmm. um, like I said, there was definitely an exchange of ideas there. That's what I got, Ken. Totally agree. I don't think that's where our roots come from, but I think a lot of what makes Freemasonry, Freemasonry came from the ancient mystery schools, came from the best of all the ancient world's religions. I don't think, I don't think we sprung out of any one place. And I know there's a lot of scholars that are doing a lot of hard work to try to like, you know, find that golden thread back to Mm. one particular group, right? Whether it be the the Templars or the Rosicrucians or whatever. I think we got a lot of what we are from the best from all of these ancient societies. Yeah. That's my belief. And I believe that it was all suppressed um, for, by the Catholic Church, and they all kind of... <laughs> Here we go. No, 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 no. Uh, no, no, no. I'm not taking a shot or anything. I'm saying but it was suppressed. This was suppressed organizations that had their own well, methodology yeah, and beliefs of, and allegories and stuff. You got a bunch stuff. of folks getting together. That, right think along the same lines yeah and usually the religious there body has in power at the time so freemasonry is like the buffet of yeah. ancient yeah. Yeah. right exactly yeah. that, that's yeah. where like, i was going with. which philosophy do you agree with yeah. which religion do you it's agree? the hometown buffet you don't really ancient care ken got his butthole sure. all puckered up over there i thought i was gonna go deep in and no i thought you were just gonna <laughs> well we were talking about the, the catholic church yeah. no I mean, I, really, I mean nobody can deny it like mm-hmm. i don't care like it, it in in this particular period of time, the Catholic Church suppressed a lot of certain organizations. I mean, you had, I mean, yeah. the Inquisition wasn't a fake, like no, it actually no. happened. Right. No, no, I agree. I agree. It was so intense in the 1600s. I, sure. I, I <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. No, I know. Just no evil. Yeah, we're a little intense in the 1600s. <laughs> I just love the way you put it. That's all. All right. I'm trying to be as, <laughs> as things are a little intense. No, but you know, uh, and I really believe that of the Freemasons podcast or any Grand Lodge, any Grand Lodge, 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 Lodge or any anything Lodge. for that. Ken's so fucking tender. He's like the he's like our little. 
You're just a genuine nice guy. Like, you're just trying to, like... I just don't want to get thrown into prison. (laughs) Just don't be an Ashmole. Don't be an Ashmole. Ashmole. Um, I I personally believe that all these organizations, they they, they talked. Yeah, I think there was a lot of uh, cross-pollination, if you will, between... Over the top. (laughs) Um, You could be saying you just wear it under an arch of steel. No, no, this yeah, could do. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I would say that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm glad our Wi-Fi didn't shit the bread because this was a good one. Um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, was I fun. definitely want to deep dive into find out if the fellow craft degree when it came about. Well, yeah, I think this is going to be my new study. podcast life mission right here. I want to study this. And I could always see if uh, Jamie Paul Lamb will come back on and talk about his research on the fellow practice. I mean, most certainly. Or can. the brothers from the Elias Ashmole Society. Yeah. Talk to those guys, too. I know a couple of them and see if they're willing to come on. And I would, that would they're be still a great doing. Thing. Yeah. Do you think they would get our humor, though? Be like, look at these bunch of Ashmoles. Oh, we like, would. I, I would <laughs> brief them ahead of time. <laughs> All right. No. What do you say, brothers? Yeah. I mean, we're at a. We're. I think we're done. Over an hour. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just going to get stupid now, so. Uh, charge your cannons if they're not charged. I'd like to propose one last toast. Cannon George, charged. George is using the uh, bottle um, to prop up It doesn't have to be a large one, but just something to... One last toast. Being a, a freaking bottle hoard over here. Oh, that's not going to hold it. <laughs> I wonder if that's what Ken sounds like. Not like the whistle. <laughs> Ken goes... <laughs> All right, brothers, I just want to give a uh, toast out to all the men and women that gave the ultimate sacrifice Absolutely. so that we could have this uh, long weekend, as somebody put it. Here, here. Um, so just uh, thank you to them and their, their families. And, uh, again, just remember why you are able to uh, enjoy this weekend and, and celebrate with family and friends. So, That's brothers, right. right hand to arms. To, to arms. arms. Ready. 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 Aim. Aim. Fire could fire. Fire all. Together, brothers. Vivat, vivat, vivat. Thank you all for your service. Thank you. I can't even say thank you to the service because Memorial Day is not supposed to be. Uh, it's not that, supposed to be a three-day weekend. It's supposed to be like Happy Memorial Day. You're like you're honoring the fallen. That's what Memorial Day is. Veterans Day, you can sure. do that. But that was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for thinking of that. You're yeah, very I appreciate welcome. that, Joe. Uh, let's close it up. All right. For the Freemasons podcast, I am right. Worshipful brother George Mudry signing off. Worshipful brother Joe signing off. And worshipful brother Ken signing off. Have a good night, everyone. God bless. Yeah!